Welcome to the weekly message from Rama Family Church. It is our hope that as you listen to this message, you will come to know Jesus better and be established in your faith and equipped for the work of the ministry. You can view the sermon notes and listen online at rhema.org.au forward slash media. We're going to get right on into the word today, First Chronicles, the 11th chapter in verse 22. You know, um, I, I, I grew up with the Old Testament stories. They were our bedtime stories, and so they're kind of precious to me just in a personal way. I love the Old Testament stories. But um, uh, it seems like in this last period, um, the Lord's reminded me a lot of them, and a, and a lot of uh, inspiration has come through those Old Testament stories, and it happened again this week when this verse of Scripture, when I woke up with this verse of Scripture on my heart and uh, an application of it. Many people have used this verse of Scripture as inspiration for books and sermons, and they're great, and, but we're going to use it as an application to what the Lord has put in our heart specifically for today. Let's read it. It goes, uh, there was also, oh, before you do, these, these, um, this verses, these verses of scripture are in the context of um, David's mighty men. And so these, this uh, chapter reads almost like superheroes. There's just amazing humans doing amazing feats. And so we're reading about one man that is in this list of people. In verse 23, or 22, it says, There was also Benaniah, the son of Jehoiada, a valiant warrior of Kab- Kabziel. He did many heroic deeds, which included killing two champions of Moab. Another time, on a snowy day, he chased a lion down into a pit and killed it. Once, armed only with a club, He killed an Egyptian warrior who was seven and a half feet tall and who was armed with a spear as thick as a weaver's beam, his massive spear. Benaniah wrenched the spear from the Egyptian's hand and killed him with it. So this guy, he's fearless. He's amazing. He's an incredible warrior. And so... um, We're not going to look at all of these three deeds. We're going to hone in on the middle one. And that is about um, on a snowy day, he chased a lion down into a pit and killed it. That is where we will see what the Lord has for us today. Now, this last week um, has been, you know, popping up on your phone, your whatever device you were on, on the television, whatever. Just uh, shock and horror as we watch what's happening between Russia and the Ukraine. It's not a movie; it's happening, and the 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 horror of that is is very pronounced. We have people from that part of the world in our church, maybe not from the U- anybody from the Ukraine specifically. You have people from the Ukraine. Uh, but from that part of the world, yeah, you do. So, and then we have people, okay, we have people um, uh, from, from that area of the world. It's very, very tender, isn't it, when you see what's happening in that part of the world and to us all. Um, it is far away, even though it's far away, 
it is, it is very affecting. And that's one reason why we included it in our prayer today through communion. A depression, though, is something that is not far away. It is the war that is closer to home. What we're seeing on TV is in another continent. You can turn it off if you need to. You can shut it away if you need to. But depression is a war that is closer to home, and it is the war in a person's head. And so we are going to look in this because there's three reasons we're going to look at depression today. It is not something that you typically come to church and hear about depression. But we are absolutely doing it intentionally, on purpose, for three reasons. And the first reason is this. It matters to God. And then we don't need any other reason. <laughs> we actually do have two other ones, but it matters to God. It matters very much to God what happens in our souls. So yes, he does. He, he has paid a massive price um, to cover the scope of our transgressions, as Jenny was saying, uh, where we are born again spiritually, but we also, we also have a work done for our bodies. Anybody in here experience the healing power of Jesus? Yeah, healing, I'm talking about in your bodies, yes. Uh, and over and over and over, perhaps, we've experienced healing in our bodies. But, um, but God is interested in the soul, the emotions, the mind. Isaiah 53, 5. He was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities, but specifically the chastisement that was needed to buy our peace was exacted on him when they crammed a crown of thorns on his head, I'm talking of Jesus' head, and those thorns penetrated his skin and skull. The pain that people, the torment that people have in their heads, the war that happens in their head, Jesus paid a price to win that war. Deuteronomy, the 28th chapter, is a listing of blessings, and it's a whole list of cursings that happen as a result of sin. And um, the symptoms of depression, specifically, and there's a heap of all different kind of cursings in that chapter, but specifically depression is listed in this chapter three times, one with quite detail. 1 Peter, the second chapter, the last verse of that chapter calls Jesus Christ the shepherd and the guardian of our soul. That's your, your emotions, the shepherd and the guardian of your soul. He cares about your feelings, cares about what's happening in your head and your peace of mind. Psalms 23 Psalms 23, beautiful psalm, but one of the things that the great shepherd does is he restores what? He restores the soul. Life, because we do have an enemy, and because 
Sin has entered into the world and everyone, the Bible says, everyone has sinned. It is broken peace. Everyone has had some damage to the soul, some more than others. But this great shepherd restores the soul. And there was a promise about him, a prophecy about him in Isaiah, the 61st chapter, that includes deliverance to the captives and people who are oppressed to be declared to be free. That's why I like songs like that. We shout Jesus. We speak the mighty name of Jesus. 1 Thessalonians 5, 23 and 24. Paul was praying for a whole church of people and he said, now may the God of peace make you holy in every way. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless until the Lord Jesus Christ comes again. God will make this happen for he who calls you is faithful. Faithful. That is so important because God caring for the soul, caring about your soul, caring about other people's soul is one of the things the devil lies about Sometimes he uses, he uses that maybe other people don't seem to care or, you know, that just doesn't seem to, to matter. And so the devil transfers that in accusation to God and says, he does not care about your soul. That is a lie. From uh, everything that we've shared of what he has done, we see he absolutely cares about your feelings and your soul. So we can think sometimes, and it is, sadly, if something doesn't apply to us personally, sometimes we can marginalize it, scoot it aside and say, yeah, that's for somebody. It's really too bad that it is for somebody, somebody but praise God it's not me. And we can kind of scoot things aside and um, that it doesn't apply. But the reason why we're looking at this is because God cares for us personally, yes. But if you've never had a sad day in your life, if you've never had a depressive thought in your life, it's important as a representative of Jesus Christ that you're aware that many other people have. That we are aware of people's agony in their, in their feelings, in their minds. And he wants us to represent his compassion to people. And depression is actually in epidemic proportions. So that leads us to the second reason we're talking about this subject today. The first one was just enough. He wanted us to talk about it and say that he cares. The second one is to be more aware of his care, be aware of this way that the enemy tries to attack, not just people's bodies, but their minds and their, and their feelings, their souls. To be aware of that for ourselves, And then to be aware of it for other people. 
so that instead of, instead of moving away from people who have difficulty in that area and, you know, just give them space, just give them space, that we actually close in the gap and we actually move up close to them and touch them and help them. The characteristics, I, I looked at different, um, you know, different websites about depression this last week and heaps of different ones, and they all have lists a lot similar. I cut through, you know, a bunch of, a bunch of them, just gave some main things, uh, and, and they're mild to extreme, all right? So depression can be something quite mild, just like, for instance, feelings of sadness was the first one that was listed just feelings of sadness. But it can go up to hopelessness. All right? Uh, everything from frustration to actual angry outburst. Unbridled angry outburst. Abnormal sleep, sleeping too much or not sleeping at all. Appetite. Not eating at all or eating too much. Feelings of anxiety. We sang part of that in that song. Anxiety can be a characteristic of depression. Feelings of worthlessness. Absolute, I'm rubbish. self low I just hate myself. I can't do anything right. I'm horrible. All of those are characteristics of, of depression that many people suffer from frequent and recurrent thoughts of death, suicidal thoughts, suicide attempts, or suicide itself. Um, this week, it popped up, popped up, and I've not been on, on Facebook um, except a couple things for my family, but, um, but this just popped up on news, and it was this. Ethan Crumley wrote these words before prosecutors say he carried out the November 30 shooting that killed four classmates and injured seven others. In the journal, which is now part of the official public record, the 15-year-old also blamed his parents for what he was about to do. He said, I will cause the biggest school shooting in Michigan's history. I will kill every blanken person I see, the journal says. I have fully mentally lost it after fighting my dark side. My parents won't help me. The journal added, I have zero help with my mental problems and it's causing me to shoot the school. No one will listen to me. So... It's not right for us in this place of victory, in this place where the word of God is so rich and his presence is so sweet for us to plug our ears and say, just, let's just talk about something good. Because Jesus didn't model that kind of coldness. And we're not going to start in, we're not going to end in the dark, all right? But we need to identify that Jesus came and identified not with perfection. He didn't identify with perfect humanity. There was no perfect humanity. He identified with everything that was broken, 
if we're going to represent him, we have to represent the work that he did for those people, and we have to get close enough to those people to actually channel what he did to them and to ourselves. This young man's father told him to snap out of it. Snap out of it. So somebody who's just has never had depression, it's just like, what's the deal? Snap out of it. Stop it. Quit being sad. Get a hold of yourself. For somebody who has actually been there, they're screaming inside this war that's in their head, I'm trying. Okay? So let's hear it. Let's hear it. And let's help. The third reason why we're looking at this today is to win, to help win. <laughs> For people who have experienced depression, to help them win. And we talked about He's never lost a battle. No, he has never lost a battle. He's never lost a battle that the battle's been turned over to him and the, the victory that he has won be connected to. No, so, so let's help win. To help win and help others win in the pit of despair. So that's what we're looking at today is winning in the pit of despair. So let's go back to the Bible story. And let's look at this middle guy or this middle story. It says, another time on a snowy day, Ben and I had chased a lion down into a pit and killed it. Now, this, <laughs> this is really, really, really quite remarkable because if you're ever thinking of somebody chasing a, a person with a lion and there's running involved, it is never the human chasing the lion. If there's running involved and it's to do with a lion, the man is, he is booking it. Yeah, and that lion is chasing him. But in this story, this man is actually chasing a lion. And another interesting thing about this story is where he's chasing him. If you're going to chase a lion, chase him in a place where you have some options if you need them. Benaniah chased a lion into a pit. Who does that? Because pretty much this, only one is coming out of the pit. It's either going to be the lion or the man. He closed every other single option. Then the other, the other characteristic of this story is the snowy day. And I think it's interesting. There's, there's two accounts of this story, one in 1 Samuel and one here in, or 2 Samuel and one in 1 um, in, um, Chronicles. Thank you. And both of them, they give all three of these characteristics. The one is in a, on a snowy day. What does that, why did God ha put that in the Bible? 
Well, it's difficult in Queensland first imagine. Okay, it's difficult for, in Queensland first to, to chase a lion. Unless you're down in Australia Zoo. One gets, gets out. But we're not, that, that's not a common thing. But, but neither is snow. Tony and I were raised in snow, and this time of the year is the time of snow uh, and in the States. And Colorado, sometimes, I mean, from, I'm talking on this platform, the snow can get like this outside my parents' house. They have to have tractor to, to get them out. They live out in the wilderness. I mean, snow can be a really serious thing. Snow actually collects in low places. So when he chased the lion into a pit, he's chasing him. He's chasing him where the conditions aren't optimum for taking on a lion. Which are there any natural ones? Probably not. But I, it, putting snow to it makes it even worse. Uh, but it wasn't just. It wasn't just snow on the ground. It says a snowy day. A snowy day means it is snowing. Now that adds a whole other deal because snowy day, especially if it's coming down or if there's a blizzard proportions, it really, really affects your visibility. And so it, it was not prime, <laughs> it was a very, very complicated setting that Benaniah chased this lion down into. We're going to say that this lion represents for us what I really felt the Lord put in my heart, said it represented for us this morning, and that is depression. If you ever get on the run from depression and you try to, to outrun it, go to a different job, go to a different country, go to a, you know, get, try to do this, just try to outrun it. Uh, just absolutely immerse yourself in, in games or in whatever. You can't outrun that lion. Can't out, outrun the lion. This man demonstrated how to actually kill it when he chased it into a pit. And so we're going to look at that. Look at this phrase, if your head takes the thoughts of the lion, your head will become a prison to your heart. What does that mean? The lion, according to 1 Peter, the devil as a roaring lion and is the liar, he will strategically tell lies that make sense to your reasoning and will find validation maybe in something that you have done or have not done. And those, lie, those lies lose their flexibility and end up becoming bars in your brain. And those bars in your brain and in your soul end up becoming the prison that this, your spirit man who's a, who is, you know, where the greater one lives on the inside of you, mighty man on the inside, that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. But through those bars, 
just melts a person. And they never just be who they are. They don't flourish because they're, they're in between doing what they're supposed to do are these cotton-picking lies about themselves, about their future. Those thoughts can be worries, fears, which that sounds like it's the same thing. They're close cousins, aren't they? Fears. And I hate fear. I hate things that we're afraid of, you know, like afraid of, you know, COVID or afraid of something. But what's worse than any of that is fear. Fear is precious to the devil because it's his, one of his main tools. And so he uses fear, people's minds, worry, hatred. Hatred becomes a bar leading people into being mad. Offense, which is a close cousin to hatred, a step towards hatred. I'm, always, I'm offended. That just makes me so mad. And people feel like they're entitled to say it and they're emboldened to say, that just makes me so mad. And sometimes they do that. They'll come in, they'll lean in. They're just so offended. People don't realize that what they're saying is I am so in prison with what is offending me. I am so diminished by what is offending me. And then the last one is depression. So, you know, I, um, I just want to tell something from my own life in this area. I think sometimes uh, when we always give the victory side, which praise the Lord, we always have victory, just like he never lost a battle. He never lost a battle. And so we all are going to have victory testimonies, but you don't have a victory without a conquest. You don't have a triumph without a trial. And so uh, uh, sometimes when people then have a trial and they have a conquest, they think something's wrong with me. I'm having a trial. I have uh, something. I, what's wrong with me that I'm having a situation here? I must, my Christianity must be broken. I must be, I must be, you know, something is diminished about me. No, you're alive. You're human. And the devil is walking about seeking whom he may devour. But it's a, that itself is a part of his trick to isolate somebody who is under attack. It makes it easier for him. So the reason I'm telling this story is that sometimes people may think, Oh, she seems victorious and, you know, seems happy. And uh, it would not just be that I seem that way. I really am. <laughs> I really am. Even in, even in my car, by myself, I'm happy privately. I have private laughing times myself. I smile even when I'm bald by myself. I'm happy. I really am. So you can see that. You can think, oh, wow, she's never had a sad day in her life. And I actually didn't 
really have, I mean, I had, <laughs> I had situations come. I had things that made me bawl, just cry. It broke my heart. Different things happen. But as far as depression, I ministered to different people in healing lines for depression. Never had it a day in my life that I knew of. Until in Singapore, the last year we were there, I started listening to a lie about me. I started just listening to that I was just half-baked, <laughs> never going never gonna to do everything that God wanted me to. I was just, you know, and then that lie hooked on to Tony would be better off with somebody else. Is that ever a lie? <laughs> that is stupid. How could I have ever thought that? And I didn't for a little bit until he just kept on saying it. And then I'd, I'd get to seeing how he was acting. I'd think, ooh, he even thinks he'd be better off. The devil can make things seem really weird. And the girls were smaller. We were in Singapore. They were young enough. I was thinking, you know, they'd be young enough. They'd be able to attach to another mother. Ah, that's so stupid. <laughs> but I thought it. You say you did? Yeah, now let me tell you the real twist on this. We were directing a Bible school. I was teaching the Bible, which actually heightened my guilt. Because sometimes while I'd be teaching, I'd say, turn in your Bible to so-and-so while they were turning, because they were physically turning in their Bibles. I'd say, you idiot, you know what's going on in your head. You, you're such a creep, and they, you're just such a fake. All of that was going on while I'm just smiling, and nobody would have known. It got so bad that I started courting thoughts of, it'd just be better if I died. I just think everybody would be better if I was dead. But it wouldn't be good if I died in such a way that dishonored my husband and my children and the Bible school for crying out loud. But you've seen different ministers maybe over the last years that have have taken their own life. When I see it, I think, I know exactly where you were. I know that. I have no bricks for you. Like some people, I just don't know how. <laughs> I didn't even know how I got there. So then it became like this game in my head. How can I kill myself in such a way that it doesn't look like suicide? that it can look like murder. <laughs> or maybe I can just disappear someplace. It got weird, weird. And nobody knew it. I was isolated and alone. I'm not telling you this story. I wouldn't have told you this story if it turned out bad. And obviously it didn't. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So when I say winning in the pit of despair... I'm a trophy of what Jesus can do 
to somebody that gets messed up in the head. Look at this picture. This guy has his head in a lion's mouth. So we can just say the, the devil's words just being transmitted into this guy's brain and he doesn't seem to know it. That happens. It happened to me at first. I'd say that's what happened to me at first. He started lying to me and I didn't even know he was lying. I just had, I, because I didn't deal with the lie, it was coming in my head and I was just like, huh, huh something's a little off. Feeling a little funky here. Feeling a little sad. That's not real happy. It's looking pretty bleak. But I was, I was not aware. Then it goes to this stage where you know your head's in the mouth of the lion. <laughs> you think something is really wrong. <laughs> something is wrong. This lion is eating me from the head on down. All right. So, Winston Churchill said this, you cannot reason with the lion. He actually said tiger. I changed it. Uh, you cannot reason with a lion when your head is in its mouth. Let me just say this about the lion of depression. You cannot reason it away. That's part of running. That's fleeing the lion. You can't... You, you cannot reason with that lion. But you can know this. If you aren't free, if there's any element of something is muck, something I don't feel right, this isn't right, this is not good, this isn't victorious. If you're not free, then your thought isn't true. Mark it down, write it down, engrave that in your heart and soul. If you're not free, your thoughts aren't true. Because I'm telling you, you can have, you can be in a terrible situation, but if your thoughts are square with God, you're free in here. Just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were free in the fire. Yeah, they were in the fire, but they were free. So you're going to have to, first thing you're going to have to do is just look for truth. And you know, truth actually has a name. And that's the name of Jesus. The person of Jesus. In, in my situation, there was no one who knew. And somehow in the way that the devil tried to keep me isolated, I did everything I could to make sure no one knew and that it was my private hell in my head. But I tell you what, look into Jesus, look into Jesus, look into Jesus. He was never angry at me. He was never disgusted. Like, what in the world? How awful you are. He never did that to me. He was always leaning into me. He was always concerned about my soul. He wasn't like, Oh, honey, it's going to be all right. It wasn't like that. He was attentive. He was a guardian for my soul. He was like, you're not 
having her, she's mine. Aren't you glad Jesus has that look on you? You belong to him. You look to him and out of him comes his word. So look at this next picture. Instead of your head and the mouth of the lion, it's got to be this way. I tried to find a picture with the Bible actually open and somebody in the Bible. <laughs> they were textbooks for science and math and stuff like that. And that's not where your head needs to be. <laughs> it's your head in the Bible. I was talking to Jenny about her husband, James. James won. He won. That lion killed it. But he didn't kill it with just a picture on the wall of the Bible. And Jenny, uh, James, you can corroborate this that your wife said. She said, sometimes you spoke the word every other minute. You were speaking the word, speaking the word. Think about it in the lion or in the pit. In the pit with the lion. How often is Benaniah going to engage that lion? How long? How often is he going to fight that lion? Is he going to just wait until next Sunday comes around and give it a go? No. You can't take a break from being in a pit with a lion and just sit down and say, you know, yeah, you know, Mr. Lion, I'm a bit, I'm a bit, you know, hmm. Just, just let up here. You just, let's just let up here. Let's just have some tea. And the devil say, or the lion say, yeah, you're my tea. That's exactly what he did. You let up and he will have you for tea. The weapons of our warfare, 2 Corinthians 10, verse 4 and 5, of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds, which sometimes immediately people are thinking about the strongholds that are in the heavenlies and over regions and stuff. That's not what this verse of Scripture says, although there are those strongholds. But look at this. It says, we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. So our weapons to help us destroy strongholds, those strongholds are right here, right here, right here. What are those weapons? Well, we've already talked about the word, the living word, the written word, prayer, prayer in the spirit, prayer in song, praise in song. I was talking to somebody who was delivered from, uh, from depression and, they, and, uh, and depressive thoughts, and it was through song. I've, I, I know that. Sing. Smash that serpent's head with a happy song. Hallelujah. Dance on his head and compassion compassion. We're going to talk tonight if um, Andrew, if you can come and Trent and Jenny 
Uh, we're going to talk tonight, we're going to pick this up with two guys who have, uh, they, they killed a lion in their life. They killed this lion. And um, so we're going to talk about that. Uh, you can look at it online. We're going to record it after this service. If you want to, st- what time? What time are we doing recording it? At 1 o'clock, we're going to record tonight's service so that uh, no no river is going to keep us from doing this. So we're going to be back here at 1 o'clock to record tonight's time. And uh, with two men who killed a lion in a pit on a snowy day. This kind of work is not just something for... Um, somebody in the Bible named Benaniah. This is for you and me by the power of the Holy Spirit with the weapons that are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to pull down strongholds. So anyway, tonight, uh, this afternoon, we're going to just dive into it and discuss it, tear it apart, and give some real practical tools to be able to identify and poke at those lies rather than them poking at you. Hallelujah. Amen. Today, what I'd like us to do, and then so you can watch that tonight online if you'd like, or be here at 1 o'clock if you want to, or in the time to come if you want to use it as a tool to help yourself or other people. I have had it with this depression hurting so many people and debilitating people's potential spiritually. I I have stomped my way around in my own home holding the bread or holding the cup and I'm saying, no, you don't. Not our church family. You're not. You're not having them through depression. You're not having them through addictions. You're not having them. We've been redeemed and I'm saying so. So guys... Let's team up. Even if it isn't your story, let's team up for one another. Let's, let's see the triumph of Christ in one another. Amen. Can we do that? I want to pray with you. And then let's sing whatever, whatever song seems the right song for you to sing. Aren't we thankful for songs that help us just, just do what we need to do in God? Father God, I just thank you for every person who is here who's joining us online. I thank you that Jesus is a glorious Savior, saving every part of us. Lord Jesus, thank you for the work that you did. We we tell people about what you did for them. Give opportunity for them to accept that work and say, I want what Jesus did for me whether it's accepting you as Lord and Savior, whether it's accepting you as healer, whether it's it's accepting you as deliverer in this area of depression, we receive everything that you did for us in Jesus' precious name. Hallelujah. Say this, lay your hand on on yourself and say this, Jesus... I believe what you did for me. I receive what you did for me. And I thank you for it right now. 
You're my Lord, you're my Savior, and you're my Deliverer. Amen. Amen. Let's go kill lions, can we? Praise the name of the Lord. Let's sing. Shout Jesus from the mountains. Jesus in the streets. Jesus in the darkness over every enemy. Jesus for my family. Oh, I like that one. Do I that speak one. speak the holy name of Jesus. Jesus in the streets, Jesus in the darkness over every enemy, and Jesus for my family, I speak the holy name of Jesus. Shine through the shadow. 
Hallelujah. Let's just lift up a shout to the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus. Praise God. Be sensitive in your heart. Be aware of people this week. Rather than stepping back, step in and do what Tony was teaching this last week. Advance the kingdom forcefully using our mouths and using our hands. Give words of deliverance and comfort and healing and, de and, and help through your mouth and the compassion of God through your hands. God bless you. If you would like more information or resources on this or other topics, or if you would like to sow into this ministry financially to help us share messages just like this one each week, please visit our website at brainer.org.au.